Welcome to our podcast, Ships on Fire. I'm Kilda. And I'm Jess. We know life is busy, it's flying by, and our schedules are full, which can make you feel disconnected. We believe your calendar of tasks doesn't deserve to get in the way of your relationship with God and others. We care about you, and we know it's not always easy, which is why our stories connect. We are grateful to spend this time with you as you pause from the busyness of life and move forward on the journey God has for you. Friend, let's take root and grow together as we set ships on fire. Hey there, friend. We have a special episode for you today. A week ago, I had preached this message at our church on 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. In suffering and despair, are you ready to share? We hope you enjoy it. Hey there, Wellspring Church. Welcome. I'm so excited to be spending this time with you today. You know, back in November, I had left corporate America for a calling that God had put on my heart into full-time ministry. And during that time, I remember telling a few folks that I'm more of, I'm a people pastor. I'm, I'm more of the, the community guy. You won't find me up on stage preaching. Um, and I was reminded as uh, a friend had just told me recently that, you know, God had different plans for you as you, as I'm ready to, to preach for the first time today. So I ask for your grace. Uh, we ask for your prayers for Eric as he's enjoying vacation right now with his family, uh, that he will come back refreshed and we can't wait to have him back. So we've been, you know, we've been walking through First Peter and Peter's writing to a church who is experiencing suffering. They were experiencing suffering in persecution for being Christ followers. And he wrote, Peter wrote to, to the church and he urged them to, to just remain faithful to Jesus. That as God's own people, they are called to a new way of life. That though they are suffering, it's okay because Jesus himself suffered. He reminds them to be prepared because there's so many distractions that can come on the journey, especially in suffering. There are times they have to live in isolation. They're looking for a new normal. They've lost friends due to conflict. They've lost friends due to even death. They're scattered. They're having to be creative with how they gather together. And I can only imagine what life was like then. Those are some pretty stressful times. And Peter lets them know, hey, be careful in the distraction and in the fear in the division, be also careful of how you treat each other. Last week, Dave and Sandra, and congratulations to them as next month, they'll be celebrating 50 years of marriage. So who better to, to give us some, some advice and some tips? But last week, they taught us how transformation bears witness. How as husbands and wives, we should honor each other. Wives, you are lifesavers, you are life givers. Husbands, honor her, cherish her, delight in her. Our relationships start in the home. As we read, Peter encourages the church that in this time, keep your conduct honorable, especially to those who oppose you and who persecute you. Don't repay evil for evil. I feel like if they had Facebook or Twitter back then, he would let them know, hey, be careful of what you're posting because many people are watching. Your comments are, are, are very valuable and people will use it either for good or they'll use it for bad in that persecution. When others speak against you or they speak against your posts, may your love for them shine. Jesus reminds us in Matthew 5 that there's no great credit if we only love those who love us in return. 
that the real test of love is to demonstrate compassion to those who oppose us. And Peter says, be prepared, be of one mind. And I bet we could all agree that we're all on board with one mind, right? As long as it's my mind, wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Open everything up. Shut it down. Apple, Android, you get the picture. So Peter also tells us that there's a need to know God's word. And as Eric tells us two weeks ago, if we want to know God's thoughts, we need to read God's word. In times of suffering, it's so easy to get distracted and drift away. A couple years ago, we had our annual Easter egg hunt at Wellspring. And the church was prepared for a few hundred people. And God had different plans. He delivered about a thousand people that day. There was so much chaos going on, distraction, but it was a great time. My son Kalani was ready because he found out there were gonna be some golden eggs. So he had his basket, he was ready. He surveyed, his, his competitive spirit surveyed the area. Okay, where am I gonna go? Who do I have to run and compete with? The horn went off, the kids went flying out, mayhem ensued, it was a great time. All the eggs were picked up and all the kids were coming back showing their parents what they had found. Kalani comes back with his basket with nothing in it. He's upset, he's angry, he starts blaming, maybe you know the church didn't have enough eggs for me, there's too many people, Look at that kid, he must be greedy. Look at all the eggs he got and I got nothing. And there's a couple things to learn from this. All the while Kalani was distracted by the golden egg, he walked by a ton of opportunities, even stepped on a few. I can't imagine if he had Facebook and Twitter, what his Google review would have been like, all because of the distraction. And I also feel like that sometimes it's just like sharing our faith. You know, Kalani, after he settled down, he calmed down, we were able to talk to him. He said, next year, next year, dad, I'll be ready. Next year, I'll get the golden egg. And imagine if this happened last year, because next year never came. We didn't have an Easter egg hunt this year. And that is just like how our faith sharing can be, I believe. Next year, next time, maybe next week, and next time never comes. In our pursuits of anything but Jesus, we're left empty-handed, we're left distracted, unprepared, and in some cases, disgruntled and angry. Right now, we're living in a time where Christians and non-Christians alike, we can empathize with each other in this pandemic, or maybe it was some bad medical news we got, or maybe it was uh, a death of a family member. Right now, parents, you're suffering because you don't know what your kid's school year is gonna look like. We can empathize there. Some of you are on furlough. Some of you are even unemployed. We can share in that suffering. We haven't even got to election time yet, where some of you, the person you vote for, may not win the election. So many things are grabbing our attention. We're in a time where we're surrounded by suffering and despair, and in this suffering and despair, are we ready to share? <clears throat> now, when it's time to share, it may not always come wrapped in a nice red bow. In fact, it might even come with some hostility, 
It might even come with, with some, just some defense, some anger. And our natural response is going to be is to fight back. Our natural response, response is to retaliate. But Peter, Peter tells us, if your good is returned with evil, it's all good. Because there is a blessing in righteousness sake. Let us open our Bibles to 1 Peter 3.15. And we'll be camping in this today. As Peter teaches us how to share our faith. So 1 Peter 3.15 reads, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to, to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Let me ask you a question. Are you always prepared to share your faith, to share your hope? Some of you right now are sitting, I'm ready as long as they ask. Well, then my next question is, are they really even asking? Are we, am I living in such a way that is different among the people in this struggle? Are people more encouraged by our posts, by our words, by our actions to want to know our stance on things, our political affiliation, what our opinions are? Or does our posts, does our actions, does our words, does the fruit that we have in us encourage people to want to know and ask where our hope comes from? The ultimate question is, do you know where your hope comes from? And what I love about this question is it's the one question out of all questions that I can get asked on a daily basis that I have an answer that's certain. And what's so awesome about this book right here, God's word, it's God, God breathed, is he gives us the playbook, his instruction. And like it says in Psalm 1 too, if we meditate on it day and night, we'll be like a tree planted, rooted, Imagine what it would be like to be rooted. We'd always be prepared to share the hope that we have. So 1 Peter 3.15 starts out with, but in your hearts, revere, honor, sanctify, set apart Christ as Lord. He is holy. Recently, I was involved in a legacy group. And really, that's just a fancy word for a small group. But we started out by sharing our personal stories. And, and one of the friends that was in there told me something that stuck with me. And he said, I knew Christ as my savior. I said the prayer at a very young age, but I didn't know Christ as my Lord. He knew Christ as his savior. He said the prayer, but he didn't know Christ as Lord. And I wonder how many of us have said the prayer, Christ is my savior, but Lord, when I met this friend in April, he was two weeks from losing his son. We all shared tears as he shared this part of his story. A bunch of grown men just weeping with him. The pain, the suffering that he was experiencing while he was sharing this with us. All the while, while he was sharing, he was glorifying Jesus as Lord through it. A perfect picture of what Peter was writing. During a time where he felt his heart was being ripped out, he was healing. The desires of his heart changed. His heart was made clean. He was even able to forgive and love those that were involved in his son's death. Bless the Lord. Deuteronomy 36 tells us, 30 verse 6 says, And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring, so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, so that you may live. 
God is after our heart. He doesn't want to just be obeyed. He wants to be known and loved. And in Matthew 9, verse 2, when Jesus heals the paralytic, he doesn't just go after his, his physical issues first. He forgives him of his sins first, straight to the heart. How's your heart today? Is it heavy? Is it distracted? In despair? What needs to be circumcised, cut out, cleaned? Is Jesus number one, first priority? Lord. In healing, in suffering comes healing. And may I encourage those of you, if you're not in a life group, to get involved in one. It's a great opportunity to be in a safe space, a safe place where people grow with you and connect with you, but ultimately to find freedom and to find healing. Back to 1 Peter. So it says, honor Christ as holy, then it, all, then it says always. Someone type always in the chat. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you. Another version says, always be prepared to defend. And I think that's where we get caught up. Defend, no way is one reaction. And then another reaction is some of us, you don't read any further. You shut your Bible and then you're on a quest to bop somebody up on the head with this thing. All because that's how you were probably introduced to Jesus. Unfortunately, someone came at you hard with, with an argument that they started. You didn't even ask and probably for a good reason. Like Bruce reminded us a few weeks ago, we're either pulling people to Jesus or we're pushing them away. But it doesn't stop there. Honor Christ as holy. Be prepared to give an answer. What are they asking? What do I need to be prepared for? To give the reason for the hope that you have and do it with gentleness and respect. You can all take a deep breath and a sigh of relief right now because you can do that. I know we get nervous. We become fearful. And when we start seeing conversations going the direction of faith, we tend to step back. We maybe even change the subject all because of that nervousness, because I just don't know what to say, or I'm not prepared. The lies start creeping in. I don't know enough scripture. I don't want to offend anybody. Fear, shame, lies from an enemy that doesn't want us to share the hope that we have in Jesus. An enemy that doesn't want us to gather. A lot of times I would just, for myself, I just overthink it. And then the moment would pass. Eternity is at stake and I just ignored the Holy Spirit as he nudged me to go share. And I think about this lifesaver. Someone's drowning. I have what they want and need. Yet I start overthinking it. Well, how do I throw it? What if I don't reach them? What do I do when I pull them in? Before I know it, it's too late. A few months ago, my wife, Jess, her grandma, we were given, given news that she had about two weeks left. And I remember asking her, I said, hey, Jess, does grandma know Jesus? And we had our doubts. So I encouraged her to, to share. Next time she speaks to grandma, talk with her. Of course, I saw the fear on Jess's, Jess's eyes. Uh, she froze up. All the, all the, the different lies in her head started, started entering in. Well, you know, one, at the time, she could no longer hear. She was in pain. Communication was tough. We were, they were able to communicate through a Facebook Messenger video. 
So I remember they had that con- they had a conversation and I asked her, I said, hey, were you able to talk with grandma? And she said, no, I didn't. Maybe next time. Two weeks go by. Grandma passes away. It's too late. May I remind you, it is not our job to fix or convince someone. That's the Holy Spirit's job. They don't want your Bible knowledge. They don't want your religion. They want the hope that is in you, the hope that you have. They want to know, how can I get some of that? My pain is not going away right now, but I want what you have. That confident expectation to get through it, the hope that you have. Imagine what could happen if we all were prepared, always, starting with Jesus, to give the reason for the hope that you have. We're surrounded by people drowning, hurting, in despair. Neighbors, friends, family, you may be sitting next to them right now. And they want the hope that you have. I can't do it for you. The church cannot do it for you. I don't know who you know. I don't do what you do. I don't go where you go. You were created unique with unique opportunities for yourself to share the hope. And there are people right now that are being laid on your heart. The Holy Spirit is nudging them to ask you. And when they do in this time of suffering, in this time of despair, are you ready to share? If you're ready, get in the chat and say, I'm ready. So how do I do it, Kyola? What do I do? Well, first of all, start with just sharing your story. Write it down this week. You have a story worth telling, part of a grand redemptive story. His story of offering you real life now and eternal life to come. There's no one way to share your story, but here's three easy steps that I'd recommend. What was your life like before Jesus? How did you meet Jesus and how has Jesus changed your life? Our situations may have changed. Our circumstances may have changed. Life as we know it may have changed, but the mission is still the same. Right now, more than ever, there are more people using Google seeking hope. They want, Christian, you, I'm talking to you. They want what you have. God has entrusted us to get the message of hope out, starting with our homes and right here in our communities. What's distracting you? What's keeping you from being prepared to share the hope? What's your golden egg? Is it COVID-19? Is it the political environment? Is it the lies of an enemy? We have a hope and his name is Jesus. And just as Peter and John said in Acts 4.20 and is tattooed right here on my arm, for we cannot stop speaking of what we have seen and what we have heard. Beat me, whip me, hang me on a cross upside down. We saw him. So where did their hope come from? Wellspring Church, where does your hope come from? Where does my hope come from? In all uncertainty today, I know this for certain. I am a sinner. Jesus died for my sins and he rose from the dead. That's where my hope comes from. That's the hope that you have. 
Now grandma passes away, Jess's grandma passes away. And a couple days later, her neighbor walks up to her dad and says, I want you to know, please tell your daughter and your son that grandma accepted Jesus as her Lord and Savior. In suffering and despair, grandma's neighbor was ready to share. In the book of Judges, it tells us when leaders lead and the people offer themselves up willingly, bless the Lord. When a a family decides to create a prayer group and, and start it in their neighborhood to gather their friends and their neighbors to share the love of Jesus, bless the Lord. When a couple decides that there's a baby in need and she may have long time suffering with, with, with medical issues, but they step up to be the parents, bless the Lord. When another family sees a neighbor whose child is about to get put back into the foster system and they do everything it takes, schooling, whatever it takes to become the possibility of being this parents, to make sure that that boy knows who Jesus is, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. I don't know what suffering you might be going through right now or what pain you may be experiencing, but in suffering and despair, are you ready to share? Let's pray. Father in heaven, God, we lift you up as holy, sanctified, King of kings, Lord of lords, and Lord, we love you. Lord, may we be prepared. You have given us not a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. And may we be prepared at all times to share in this time of suffering. Lord, may we not be distracted. May we be rooted in your word, planted. And Lord, may may those who do not know you, may they be drawn to you. The enemy has no dominion, no power, no authority. Lord, you are all power. You are our good, good Father. And we ask this in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. We have enjoyed hanging out with you today. Please subscribe to Ships on Fire on your favorite podcast directory. Follow us on social media at Ships on Fire. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Share your prayers with us in the prayer link in the show notes below. And friend, take root and grow.